what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. If you are going to be used in the work of God in any capacity at all, some stage of sanctification has to occur within your heart and life. And in this somewhere, you should be able to see yourself. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles, turn with me please to the book of 1 Kings. The book of 1 Kings, chapter 7. 1 Kings, chapter 7. We're going to pick it up in verse 13. And King Solomon sent and fetched Hiram out of Tyre. He was a widow's son of the tribe of Naphtali, and his father was a man of Tyre, a worker in brass, and he was filled with wisdom and understanding, and cunning to work all works in brass. And he came to King Solomon, and wrought all his work, for he cast two pillars of brass of eighteen cubits high apiece, and a line of twelve cubits did compass either of them about. Move down, if you will, to verse 21. And he set up the pillars in the porch of the temple, and he set up the right pillar and called the name thereof Jachin, and he set up the left pillar and called the name thereof Boaz. And I just want to stop right there and use for a subject this morning, preaching a few minutes. The pillars... In the temple of God. For those of you who were not with us last week, we dealt with the great conquest of David. Immediately after David became the king over all of Israel, the very first thing he did was to conquer the Jebusite stronghold of Zion. And he made it his headquarters, what we know of as Jerusalem. David, in performing this act, is a type of Christ who, in his death, burial, and resurrection, his finished work at Calvary was sufficient to break every stronghold, every bad habit, Whatever it is that you may be facing, Jesus Christ conquered it at Calvary's cross. All that is required on your part is to simply reach out by faith and take it and believe it. And once you do, just as David took that stronghold of Zion, took Jerusalem and made it his headquarters, Jesus Christ wants to make you his headquarters. He wants to take up residence within your heart and life. And once Jerusalem was secure, 
David had a desire to build a temple for the ark of God. And the word came to David that his son Solomon would build the temple and that God would establish his kingdom forever, which pointed to the Redeemer, the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ who was to come. In that, David learned that it was through his family that the Lord Jesus Christ would come. And God also in that message was telling David that no temple could be built until all the land that God promised Abraham was secure. And from that time forward, David set a course to possess all the land that God promised to Abraham which took in all of modern-day Syria. That area went eastward to the Euphrates River, taking in half of modern-day Iraq. It took in all of the Arab Peninsula, which is an area about the size of the state of Texas. Most of that area was desert land. It was of very little use to David, but right under the surface was oil. And you as a child of God ought to have a desire for everything that God wants you to have. Although it might not look like very much on the surface, just like that desert land didn't look like much to David. But right underneath the surface was oil. And it's of great benefit to the world today. And David, the Bible says, he conquered the Philistines. The Philistines were the inward foe. Saul, King Saul, for 40 years never defeated the Philistines. And they finally killed him on Mount Gilboa. And I said all that to say this, if you do not conquer the enemy within, the sin nature, then the enemy without will destroy you. David went on and he conquered the Ammonites and the Moabites, which had their beginning as a result of incest. They are a type of the flesh. Let me say this, God's victory over you is the greatest victory that you will ever have. The biggest struggle I think we have is with this flesh. Some of us are spending a lot more time in front of the mirror than what we used to, trying to get every hair in place. The ones that's turning gray, we're trying to cover it up y'all know what i'm talking about although the sin nature has been addressed we struggle with the flesh jesus dealt with all of that the conquering christ david defeated hadar rezer king of zobah hadar rezer his name means my little demon helper these people who actually worshiped demon spirits And David defeated these people, a type of Christ. 
Christ, when he died on Calvary, defeated every demon, devil, fallen angel, spirit world of darkness. He defeated it all when he died at Calvary. And he that is in you is greater than he that is in this world. And when David defeated Hadar Rezer and his little group, the Bible says that he took the shields of gold and he took the brass, which is a type of you and I. He took these metals because they were very precious. And I've come here to tell you today that you are very precious. You are so precious that God literally bankrupt heaven for you. That's how much God loves you. David saved the gold. He saved the brass. But David didn't stop there. He brought it out of these particular areas. Wagon loads of it, tons of it was brought into Jerusalem. These doorknobs, hinges, railings, cups, pans, snuff dishes, everything that was used in the worship of demon spirits. He took all of that and carried it to Jerusalem. He separated it. From this use over here, and now he's going to use it for this use over here, which is sanctification, separation. The word church means the called out ones. You and I have been called out from the world to be used in the purposes of God. We've been called out from something to something. But sanctification is also a process. And if you are going to be used in the work of God in any capacity at all, some stage of sanctification has to occur within your heart and life. And what I will attempt to try to give you today, in this somewhere, you should be able to see and find yourself. Somewhere in this sanctification process, you will find yourself. And let me go ahead and tell you, I am no exception. Nobody is. If you're going to be used of God in any capacity, this has to occur. David has gone on now. And Solomon has taken the throne, and it's time now to build the temple. And Solomon got a man by the name of Hiram, a worker in brass. He was filled with wisdom and understanding, cunning to work with all works in brass. Hiram is a type of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit knows what to do 
in your heart and life to make you into what you ought to be. And the only way the Holy Spirit will work, this is a law, Romans chapter 8 and verse 2, is through and by you maintaining your faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary, and then the Holy Spirit can do his work, make you into what you ought to be, but it takes time. All right. If you look down in verse 46, 1 Kings chapter 7, verse 46. It says, In the plain of Jordan did the king cast them in the clay ground between Succoth and Zarthan. Wagon load after wagon load of brass was carried out to this area, and what they did, they dug a pit. And they took all of these brass fixtures, these candelabras, these door hinges, these handles, these railings, all of this that was once used in the devil's work. They took it, and they built this furnace, fired it up got it good and hot and then they would pour all of these individual brass fittings into that fire and as you stand there and you look at that doorknob it begins to change it begins to melt the shape and the form of which it used to be in is now changed and the Holy Spirit wants to take you and eliminate what you used to be. Because now He wants to use you for another purpose. There has to be a change there. Even I'm not talking about now you need to get saved. I'm talking about after you're saved. There's some changing that needs to take place. And God will put you in that fire of affliction. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. The Holy Spirit will put you into that fire of affliction to make you into what you ought to be. But now as you look at these individual fixtures that was thrown into the fire some pieces were a little bit thicker than other pieces some pieces were thin some pieces were a little bit thicker so you know what they had to do they had to pump up the heat a little bit and they had to let that brass stay in there just a little bit longer what are you trying to tell me, Brother James? Well, I'm not the only one that's thick-headed. You don't have to say amen that loud. <laughs> but some of us are a little thick. We're hard-headed. And in order for God to get us like He wants us to be, He has to crank up the heat. 
And some of you listening to me right now, you're like, Brother James, I've been in the heat of the fire for a long time. I don't mean it ugly. That's because you're hard-headed. You're thick-headed. But that's all right. Give your heart to Jesus Christ and let the Holy Ghost have his way. Buddy, you're in the right hands. God knows the right amount of heat to apply, the right amount of pressure. He knows the length of time to get you where you need to be. Trust him. And as this process occurs and the metal is being heated up and it's melting, the impurities and things will come to the surface. And the workmen will get in there and scoop out the impurities. You see, when the pressure is applied, we're like a sponge. And when the pressure is applied, what's on the inside will come out. If you want to know what's in a person and what they're all about, put them in a heated situation. You'll find out right quick. God knows what to do to get things that are down on the inside of you to bring it to the surface. He does it to show you some things. You ain't all that. You say, well, Brother James, ain't nothing wrong with me. Well, let me talk to your husband for a few minutes. Better yet, let me, let me talk to some of your kids. <laughs> There are things down on the inside that we don't even realize is there. And God will put us in that heat of affliction to bring it to the surface so that we can see it. And then we bring it before him and say, Lord, you've got to help us deal with that and get this out. God's making you into something. He's making you into something beautiful. But all of what you used to be has to be eliminated. It has to be done away with. It's a process. And all of us are in this process. Let me move on. They dug a huge pit in the clay ground. Dana, if you will, pull up Romans 12 and 15. All of these individual pieces, as they were melted and thrown into this pit, they began to become fused together. It's a type of the church. We're all many members, but we're being brought together in unity, in Christ. And if you look at it up there on the screen, so we being many are one body in Christ and every one members one of a another. We're all individuals, but God is bringing us together because he's making something. He's making something beautiful out of it. And... When all of this brass was melted together and it cooled down, they would then pull it up out of the ground, which is a type of resurrection. Dana, if you will, put this up on the screen, Romans 6 and verse 4. We are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father... Even so, we also should walk in newness of life. What does that mean? It means that when Jesus Christ died on Calvary, 
in the mind of God, you died with him. When Jesus Christ was laid in that tomb, you and the old you and all the sins, everything you've ever done wrong was laid in that tomb with him. And when Jesus come up out of that tomb, a new you came up with him. That's what that means. When that pillar was raised up out of the ground after it had cooled, it's a type of our resurrection. Let me move on. Verse 17 of 1 Kings chapter 7 talks about the capitors, which was like a crown that sit on top of the pillar. Had you been able to see the capitor, you would have seen chain work in it. means that you and I are chained and tied to the Lord Jesus Christ. Also in the description of all of this, if you look in verse 18, we see the pomegranates, which is a fruit. You as a child of God ought to be bearing fruit of the Spirit. If you look on down, verse 19 talks about the lily work, which represents purity. When Jesus Christ died on Calvary, He took your sin and gave us His righteousness. You are pure today because of what Jesus did, not because of what, it, what you did. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. If you make it to heaven, it's all because of what Jesus did. Now, these pillars were set in front of the temple facing the east. They were 27 feet tall. Pillars usually hold up something. There's usually something sitting on top. But there was nothing resting on the top of these two pillars. They were strictly for looks. These pillars were facing east. And when the sun would come up, People would come from all over the world and they would camp outside Jerusalem so that they could see the sunrise in the morning. And as the sun would hit those two pillars, it would reflect off of those pillars and cast a light upon the whole city. And people would come from all over the world to see this sight. Those two pillars were a reflection of the sun. You and I are to be a reflection of the sun. S-O-N, not S-U-N. Brass, when it's polished up, it shines. But you can imagine these two pillars sitting out in the elements. They would tarnish tarnished very easily so there had to be some constant work and maintenance that was going on in order to keep them shined up and you and I are constantly in a sinful environment an environment that's very corruptible and it takes the work of the Holy Spirit to get us polished up but it's important for you to do the things that a Christian needs to do. What is that? You need to be in a godly environment. 
You need to be around godly people. Kids, you need to choose friends that are godly. You need to read your Bible. You need to pray. There are things that you need to do because if you don't do these things, then you'll become tarnished and you'll not be the reflection of the sun, S-O-N, as you ought to be. One pillar was named Jacob, the other one was named Boaz. Jacob means God will establish. And Boaz means in him is strength. When you put the two together, put it all together, God will establish it in his strength. And when Jesus closed out his message to the church at Philadelphia in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 12, he said, To him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. I believe he had these two pillars in mind. If you are going to be a pillar in the temple of God, this process of sanctification has to occur. My question to you today is this. Where are you at in all of that process? If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to establishinthefaith.com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMET community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. (music) 